Optum is helping companies, big training companies in the UK, teach more people faster in a more efficient manner. They have 170 customers today that pay on average $40,000 per month for that software. They broke about 8 million bucks this year in revenue, up 20% year over year from 6.5 last year, which we love. They've got a nice team uh, of, of 120 folks today, 70 on product, five quota carrying reps. Last valuation, 3 million round last year out of 40, caught 40 million pre-money valuation as Richard looks to continue building business, hoping to hit 9 or 10 million of revenue next year. Hey, folks, my guest today is Richard Olberg. He is a serial human capital entrepreneur, fascinated by technology and how he deploys it to prove and how we deploy it to improve our lives. He's motivated by working with interesting and capable colleagues, married with two adult children, and also an instrument rated pilot, now building a SaaS for vocational training providers. Richard, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right. What's an example of a vocational training provider? So in the UK, we have uh, a regulated term, you use it in America as well, called apprenticeships. And essentially, you can go to college, you can go to university, you can go to school, and you can be a student and study. But in the UK, there's over three billion a year being spent on people who have a job, who are in employment, but are nevertheless learning skills to go one step higher. So it can be anything from learning how to be a hairdresser to learning how to be a software engineer to being a police constable or a nurse, adult care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a big market, half a million people a year in the UK being trained, 1,500 different organizations doing this training. And my company provides technology to those organizations in order to run their business. Got it. So the org would, I want to be, uh, I'm in the UK. I want to learn how to cut hair and be a stylist. The the company that is going to employ me would pay for your software to teach me how to be a better stylist at their salon. With one little subtlety, the company that employs you would employ a training company who would be delivering to you. So you might work four days a week in the business, working in the, in the, in the salon, but half a day to a day a week, you'll be studying. Who, who's an example of a training company that might teach uh, someone that wants to cut hair that sits in between the hair cutter and the salon? There are many. Uh, um, uh, Learning Curve are one of the big ones. Um, Hope Salons. They're a salon training company, but they also a salon operator themselves, but they also do training. The key thing in the UK is it's regulated. There's a bit, there's, uh, it's not a tax break. In fact, it's the opposite. Every firm in the UK with a payroll of 3 million or more has to pay half a percent of that payroll into a tax that goes towards funding vocational training. So what you've got is this big, big pot of money for training and it's use it or lose it. But because, it's got, but because there's government involved, there's compliance and regulation. And Under- that's the bit that we're a little bit different on. So you're selling the learning curve into Hope Sound? With Hope Salon, Learning Curve, Lifetime. There are 40 universities in this country who use our technology. We are the largest provider in the UK of technology for this type of training. So Richard, how many paying customers do you have, including the 40 universities in Hope Sound? About 170. Okay, 170. And, and how do you price for them? Is it per trained employee or per seat or what? We currently do per learner per month. Okay. And what so if is you've that got a thousand learners in training, it's a thousand times that amount each and every month. And what is that average amount per learner per month? 
Oh, it, at the higher level is about eight pounds, and then it reduces down with volume. So a large customer was about three pounds, something like that. But that's very high volumes. Um, a large customer will spend a couple of hundred thousand, three hundred thousand a year with us. A small customer, maybe ten thousand a year with us, and a sort of typical customer, forty to fifty thousand a year with us. Oh, what's going on there, YouTube? Good to see you guys. Now imagine this. You love watching these interviews with SaaS founders, but imagine if we took all of the valuation data out from over 2,807 interviews I've done manually. Saves you a lot of time. Well, we've done this. We've built it into the beautiful interface inside of FounderPath. Check this out. I'll show you how you can access this in a second, but you log in, you connect your Stripe account, you see your valuation real time, you can see what it changed over the past 88 days, and even set goals for valuation this year. Now, the secret valuation is there's many different ways to value a SaaS business. So the reason you're going to see three or four different valuations inside of your FounderPath dashboard, this is all free, by the way, is because depending on who's doing the buying of your SaaS company, you're going to get a different valuation. A VC is going to pay a different valuation. Private equity firm is different. If you're going to do a minority sale, that's different. And if you sell the whole business, that's a different valuation. You can see all those when I hover over here. Right, So the teal is what a VC would pay. Yellow is what private equity. And red is if you sold the whole thing outright. Now, what's cool about this is this is not built off random data. Again, you guys hear these interviews on YouTube. All these data are built from real-time valuation data points founders share with us on the show. So traction, 1.2 million. Seed round, 3.7 raise. They sold 22% of their business. Go in here and filter by the event. Maybe you only want to see companies that have sold the whole business well, here are a bunch that have been acquired, the valuation and the multiple. Maybe you're going out right now and you're raising your seed round. Well, go in here and look at all the recent seed deals that went down, what they raised, what valuation they raised at, and what percent that they sold. There's never been a larger data set of SaaS valuations than what you can get now inside of FounderPath, and we're thrilled to bring it to you. All right, we're going to go back to the YouTube video here in a second, but if you want to check this tool out, if you want to jump in and sign up, you can check it out for free to get your valuation at this link, this link, founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations, or if you go to founderpath.com and hover over products, click on get your valuation here and go ahead and sign up to give it a whirl. Again, all that valuation data live right inside the platform. I hope to see you there. All right, let's jump back into the interview. So someone says, is that your biggest customer today? They pay about 300 grand a year? A bit more than that, yeah. Okay, and, and how many seats or how many learners are they probably using you for per month? Um, they probably will have 15, 18, 15 to 18,000 learners in training. Per month? At any one time. So uh, again, without digging into much detail, in the UK, for an apprenticeship course lasts a minimum of one year. Mm-hmm. But where we deal with universities, often a we call them learners. The learners are on a three or four year course because they're doing a degree. I see. I, I see. Okay, so 170 customers paying on average forty thousand dollars per year would put you at about six point eight million of ARR today. Is that accurate? Yeah, about that. A bit more than that. It would, are you talking dollars or sterling? Let's do dollars. Dollars were about eight million ish. About eight million ish. Okay, and do you remember uh, just so we can get a growth rate? Where were you exactly a year ago? Uh, we would have been something like twenty percent less. Put it this way: we have for the last four years 
done over 50% year-on-year growth. But we've recently run into a problem, which is the bigger you get, um, the harder it is to maintain your percentage because each month we throw in two, three more customers, maybe four customers in a good month. But the bigger we are, it's a denominator, you know. So, so the issue we have is how you reprice the existing book of customers that you have, as because the main contributor to growth has been the number of new customers we secure each month. We have very, very low churn, but we have Hello. only two or three new. Well, in financial terms, last year was two point three percent. That's on a on a revenue basis or a logo basis. On revenue basis, no revenue basis. Okay, sorry, two point five percent. That's for the year, not two point three. I think it was two point three was last year's churn in okay. financial terms. Two point three, and that's gross dollar churn. Yes. Okay. Did you have expansion revenue to get above one hundred percent net retention? Um, no, that's our problem. We will soon because we're now adding in adjacencies, additional things we can sell. But for the first three years of our growth, four years of our growth, we haven't had anything additional to sell to a customer. Richard, sorry, so, I don't understand that. If you've got if you've got Learning Curve paying you $1,000 one month for 10 trainees per month, if they love you and they expanded 20 trainees per month, you have natural expansion revenue built in. Why don't you have no, revenue? That's not how our business works. We have every trainee they've got. There's no choice for our customers. They run their entire business on our platform. Even the way they get paid is via the... Um, financial calculation that's run by our platform. Okay, so but Richard, same when question. If Hope Sound was using you effectively to train their customers, they would have had, Hope Sound would have had customer growth the past couple of months and their customer growth would have been your revenue growth. Yes, and some of our customers do better and some do worse. And in fact, one of the f- features we've had in our business is we've gone for larger training providers. So when we started, we would get any customer we could get. Didn't matter. We would we were happy to sign anyone. As we got our you know made a, started to progress, we started to think a little bit more about the kind of customer we want, and we went for either large or medium sized training companies, and didn't go for small ones. But the one challenge with that is that your volume discount starts to hit you a little bit more because if you're mainly winning bigger companies, they tend to get more volume discount. So that's had a certain yeah, Richard, negative right. impact. I understand, I understand. But my, my question is, if you signed Hope Sound a year ago, right, for yeah. 10,000 10, trainees per month on average, and Hope Sound is doing well, they're growing. Yes. Because, uh, partly because of your software. And now they train 15,000 per month. You should be yep. getting paid more from Hope Sound for the extra five thousand they're training per month. That would be expensive you're, revenue. You're absolutely right. If there was such a strong correlation between our software and our customers' performance, now I, our software does three profound things for our customers: operational efficiency. That's not necessarily quality of delivery. Sorry, but Richard, sorry, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but sorry, you said you price against number of trainees. This should be a very binary thing. Hope Sound has more trainees a year later. That should mean more revenue for you if you price per trainee. Only if our customer has growth. What if there isn't growth? Okay, so why aren't they all growing? That means your software is not working. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I would see it another way. The market we sell into is a very competitive market. It's driven by a lot of macro issues that aren't necessarily just about the software. 
So some training providers grow, some shrink, some pull out of particular markets, some sectors like hospitality were having a hard time, therefore there were fewer learners in training. The market has many dynamics. Um, our software is not focused on quality of training so much as the efficiency of operation, the compliance, and the data-driven decision-making for those running the business. So while it clearly does influence on quality to some extent, there are many other variables, the quality of the curriculum, the quality of the tutors that organization employs, how good they are at selling to employers their services. Those things will affect why some win and some don't. But the apprenticeship market has actually been declining by a few percent a year in the last handful of years for a variety of reasons due to funding. So it's not, we can't just ride a rising tide. What we do is we increase our market share. And that's what we have been doing. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Take me back. Do you remember your first million dollar revenue year? Yes. That would have been about 2018 or 19, something like that. 2018. Okay. And when did you put this all on a big timeline for us? When did you launch the business? Well, I launched in the vocational training space in 2016. That was our first customer in this market was 2016. The company was being run by me as a bit of a lifestyle, kept me busy, but in using the technology in a totally different way for a handful of years. But our vocational training, which is where our business is now, our first customer was 2016. Okay. When did you write the first line of code for the platform? That was written in 2009. Okay, and so between nine and twenty sixteen, were you just not full time? You had a side gig or something to pay the bills? No, no, no. We were. So what happened? We were in the employed. We were in a different market. We were using our technology to deliver to organisations doing employability contracts, and we did very well in that. But it was a fundamentally cyclical market. So essentially, when unemployment was high, our business was very buoyant. When unemployment came down, our business also went down. That was not a healthy market to be in. Therefore, we needed to pivot into a new space. Understood. Understood. That's when we picked in vocational training. Talk to me a bit more about how you've capitalized the company. Uh, Are you bootstrapped today or have you raised money? We've raised about eight eight or nine million. Okay. When was the first round closed and for how much? 2018. And we probably about one and a half, two million. Okay. And what made this, I guess, I guess most people sell about 20% of the company in their seed. Did you do the same about 20% equity? Uh, Yeah, maybe a little less. I had funded it beforehand. I put quite a bit of fund. I had put in the first moderate slugger of capital myself. So we had already got to, as I mentioned, we were a seven figure income by the time we did our first round. Yep. So that would have been like 2 million on a 10 point, a 10 million post. Do you sell 20%, something like that? Yeah. A bit less than that, but yes. Okay. How much, I mean, I always like to know how much founders put their own money on the line ahead of that, right? I mean, did you put like a hundred thousand bucks into the company before that? No, I put about one and a half million in. 1.5. Okay. So did you already have an exit? How'd you, how'd you get so rich? Where'd you get your capital from? I've I've already grown grown one company, sold it to a public, uh, US public company. That's why this business started in 2009. I was bored. I, I had sold my last company. I had done my exit, my, um, you know, earn out. And I just wanted something to keep me amused while I was thinking of the next thing to do. So that's why I started the business. And we did quite well quite quickly. But in a cyclical market, 
So I either had to shut the company down after we'd done very well financially, but just wind it down because it wasn't a good long-term market, not strategically, or pivot into a new space. So the other thing I did is I actually started our first customer. So one of the challenges is when you are an end-to-end platform, how do you win your first customer when people say, it's a brilliant idea what you're proposing doing, but who have you done it for for before? And you say, no one. And... um, that's a bit of a challenge. And they say, so you want me to trust my entire business on your platform? So in fact, I set up a training company with a partner uh, who was our first customer. And we grew that to be the fastest growing training company in the country. We grew it to over 20 million in revenues in three years and sold private that equity. Hmm? What was the name of that company? Corndell, C-O-R-N-D-E-L. Corndell. So Corndell. Okay. When, did, when did you launch that company? What year? 2016. It was our first customer. Okay, and, and sorry, you've grown that today. It's doing twenty million a year in revenue. It's a sign. No, it's doing a lot more now. We sold it after three and a half years for forty-five million okay. to uh, private equity. Okay, got it. So you built that from twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen to really get close to your market. Professional services, train them. You exited that in twenty nineteen for forty-five million bucks. Reinvested that money in your software solution, and now you're fully focused. Uh, on them. Not quite. Forgive me. Twenty sixteen started that first customer, but then we also the moment we were doing that. Four or five months later, we started winning other customers as well. The idea was to use a first customer to show it could be done and to learn. So meanwhile, that company was growing, but so was Aptem. So Aptem went from one customer to two, five, 10, 15, et cetera. Um, then we sold that business to private equity at the end of in November 2020. And by the way, we sold it for that number in sterling, not dollars. (laughs) The number's a bit higher. But by the time uh, I had made that sale, um, we had raised quite a lot of money through external VCs. So although I put the first slug of money in, uh, subsequently, it was through institutional VCs. Got it. What can you fill out the capital stack for me? So 2 million seed in 2018. When was the next round? Oh, probably a year later. We did almost a round a year. Eight every eighteen months for the next handful of years to end up at about eight eight and a half nine million. Most, when was the most recent round, Richard? A year, uh, August twenty twenty two, I think. Okay, and how much was that? Was that for two million as well? About two to three million. I think it was slightly closer to three million. Okay, interesting. So, call, call it two point five three million. And would you consider that like your Series A or B or C or what? Who knows the terminology? It's early stage. I mean, it's growth stage. Okay. It's growth stage because we're no longer proving product market fit. That's ship has said. I know. The problem I'm trying to get to, though, company. is the Series A, most folks are selling 10 to 15% of the business. Were you in that same range when you closed that $3 million? Uh, each time would have been. So the last valuation was uh, uh, just shy of $40 million, just under pre, $40 million. Pre-money or post? Uh, pre-money. So about $43 million post-money, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should know exactly that number, but it's not that ilk. It was in the... Uh, late 30s, early 40s, um, pre-money. Understood. The last Understood. We're running short on time here, but flesh out the, the rest of the team you have building this thing. How many folks are full-time today? We now have about 120 people in the company. Wow. How many uh, engineers? How many engineers? About 60, 70 people in the product and engineering function. Wow. How many quota-carrying sales reps? About five. Okay. Four, okay. four to five. Okay, very cool. And where do you think growth looks like for the next 12 months? Where do you think you end next year at, 2024? So um, next year, well, our financial year ends in um, 
April. So if we go to sort of just calendar year, we'll probably get up to in dollar terms, something like nine, nine million, nine and a half million. But we're about to have some very significant growth because we've been investing significantly in large language model solutions. And if you think of the power of a portal, you know, of course you can do everything we're proposing doing outside of our platform, but doing it from within the platform is so much more capable. The prompt engineering driven by the information in our database, you can just achieve so much more. And education or vocational training is one of the really strong use cases for large language model uh, output. So we are seeing that as potentially doubling our business just through selling more to the customers we've got. We'll so that's going to be... We're certainly rooting for you. We're out of time. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, your favorite book. Um, gosh, I haven't read for quite a while. I'm actually, I'm reading... Um, uh, come back to that moment. I just remember the name because I've... Um, Don't worry, we'll book. skip it. Uh, number, on, one. number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I, I'm really impressed by Saki Nadella. The way he's turned that business around is is absolutely ph- phenomenal. By the way, the coming wave is what I'm currently um, reading by Mustafa Suleiman, and it's frightening and interesting. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Aptum? Mindjet, my manager. I use my manager extensively for doing my planning. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five to six. And what's your situation, Richard? Married, single, kiddos? Married, two grown-up kids. That's awesome. Okay. And can I ask how old you are? Um, 58. Last question. Something you wish you knew back when you were 20. How to delegate. <laughs> Guys, uh, there you have it. Aptum is helping companies, big training companies in the UK, teach more people faster in a more efficient manner. They have 170 customers today that pay on average $40,000 per month for that software. They broke about $8 million bucks this year in revenue, up 20% year over year from 6.5 last year, which we love. They've got a nice team uh, of, of 120 folks today, 70 on product, five quota carrying reps. Last valuation, $3 million round last year out of 40 caught 40 million pre-money evaluation as Richard looks to continue building the business, hoping to hit nine or 10 million of revenue next year. Richard, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you for, really appreciate it, Nathan. Have a good weekend. One more thing before you go. We have a brand new show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. It's called Shark Tank for SaaS. We call it Deal or Bust. One founder comes on, three hungry buyers, they try and do a deal live and the founder shares back-end dashboards, their expenses, their revenue, ARPU, CAC, LTV, you name it, they share it. And the buyers try and make a deal live. It is fun to watch every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central. Additionally, remember, these recorded founder interviews go live. We release them here on YouTube every day at 2 p.m. Central. To make sure you don't miss any of that, make sure you click the subscribe button below here on YouTube, the big red button, and then click the little bell notification to make sure you get notifications when we do go live. I wouldn't want you to miss breaking news in the SaaS world, whether it's an acquisition, a big fundraise, a big sale, a big profitability statement, or something else. I don't want you to miss it. Additionally, if you want to take this conversation deeper and further, we have by far the largest private Slack community for B2B SaaS founders. You want to get in there. We've probably talked about your tool if you're running a company or your firm if you're investing. You can go in there and quickly search and see what people are saying. Sign up for that at nathanlacka.com forward slash Slack. In the meantime, I'm hanging out with you here on YouTube. I'll be in the comments 
for the next 30 minutes. Feel free to let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you enjoyed it, click the thumbs up. We get a lot of haters that are mad at how aggressive I am on these shows, but I do it so that we can all learn. We have to counter those people. We got to push them away. Click the thumbs up below to counter them and know that I appreciate your guys' support. All right, I'll be in the comments. See ya.